0: Good morning, church family. Um, I just wanted to share that um, we do come with heavy hearts again this morning, just as we did last Sunday. And um, I just wanted to be honest with you as, a, as your pastor today that my heart hurts. Um, I've told that to Jake and Sam, and my, my heart hurts, and we have a hurting family here. And um, But I also wanted to share... That the Lord has given me some opportunities for my heart to be able to rejoice even in this pain and suffering that we've been going through the last two weeks as a church family. Um, Alicia and I had the opportunity to attend Andrew Peterson's concert on Friday night after the visitation for Christian. And um, one of Andrew Peterson's favorite, one of my favorite songs of his is a song called The Reckoning. And to that song... um, is a song that the last few times I went to see him in concert, he didn't play that song, but he did play this song, and I think it was something that my heart needed. And in that song, in the reckoning, it's it's a tension. The song is a tension of of asking, Lord, how long? It's kind of from what Pastor Aaron talked about during the memorial service yesterday from Psalm 13. How long do I have to wait with this pain and suffering, O oh Lord? And the other part of that tension is is waiting on the reckoning when when Jesus will return, when he will come back again. And that song just, I mean, you heard it during the service yesterday, too, just how many times people are talking about songs that resonate with them during this time of pain and suffering. And that song has just resonated with my heart and helped me to, to find ways to rejoice um, during these hard times. But more so, how my heart was able to rejoice was yesterday during the memorial service. Because, yes, we were talking about memories and thinking about Christian, but that service was about Christ. And that was what was so, it helped me rejoice so much in that we were talking so much about Jesus. People that came here to share stories, Pastor Aaron as dean and all of them, everybody that came to speak. It was just so wonderful seeing Christ's name be proclaimed. So even as my heart hurts, my heart still rejoices. And we need to continue to pray for the Cernak family, the Zier family, and the, the extended family. But I am just so thankful. Of the witness that they have been, and how they' have rejoiced in the Lord during unimaginable tragedy and suffering, and honestly, as we we come this morning to thinking about honestly we, we're wrestling with questions um, as we lament as we ask questions to the Lord of, of of why this happened, as we work through these things, often our route is our Default, our route is to go to our own understanding, the own, the, our own ways of comforting ourselves, and we tend to lean on our own understanding. So this morning, I want to take us to Proverbs chapter 3, and I want us to look at how the Lord desires for us in this, this time of suffering, but also just in our lives in general as we're living life, that he desires for us to lean on his understanding, because his understanding is infinitely better than ours. So if you'd open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, um, I wanted to share, uh, some of you know that I'm part of a national um, youth ministry group called Rooted. Um, I've, they're, they're based out of Birmingham, Alabama, and I've been part of, the, we do Rooted regional groups here at Crosspoint, and I um, have been part of some of their trainings and other things as a youth pastor. And so um, the founder of, of the Rooted Ministries is a guy named Cameron Cole, and uh, Cameron Cole lost his son when he was three years old, and he wrote a book called Therefore I Have Hope, which is a book about um, just trying to find hope in Christ during hard times and questions after losing his son. And this is a quote that he had from this book that I think is a good way for us to, to really launch into looking at Proverbs 3 this morning. Cameron writes, in our worst moments, we must learn to ask constantly for God's help. We must look to Jesus, the manna who constantly falls upon us, We must turn our eyes to Christ, the cloud and fire in the sky that leads us forward. And I love this last part. Focus on trusting God for the grace of this very hour, because we need God's grace every hour and he gives us grace in different ways in different times of need and we are in need of God's grace this morning in a supernatural way and so I pray that we will learn to lean on God's understanding and focus on Him, turning to Him during this time and in the entirety of our lives. So if you have your Bibles open to Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to ahead and going to read just the... We're going to go through verse 12 this morning, but we're going to start by reading verses 1 through 5. So Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For a length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. We'll stop there in verse 4. So I want you to see this morning the context of Proverbs. So the Proverbs were written as wisdom literature, as... Um, We most likely think Solomon wrote some of them or all of them, parts of them. We know that Solomon at least wrote some of them. And he desired to impart on God's followers wisdom in different ways of life. So if you were to read through all the different Proverbs, you're going to see all kinds of different ways that he wants us to have wisdom about living life. The first nine chapters and what we're looking at this morning are long discourses on specific areas where wisdom is needed to live a godly life. So this first chapter, nine chapters are just looking at different areas of how we can live the godly life um, in a a way that has godly wisdom as a part of it. So what you'll notice also if you're reading the Proverbs is there's something in the Hebrew language that isn't always in the English, doesn't always translate quite as well, but it's the idea of parallelism where um, there's like grouping of two or more lines together that have like paralleled structure. So say these two lines will say this or three lines and this three lines will parallel that one. So you see that often in the way that this is structured. You may even see a little bit of that this morning. So this morning's passage is directly, it says there at the beginning, is written, my son, do not forget my teaching. So it's a passage that's written to a young person who needs exhortations or needs wisdom to be wise in worshiping of the Lord. So that's what we're looking at with this proverb this morning. So we begins in verse 1 by saying, my son, do not forget my teaching but let your heart keep my commandments for your length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. So part of godly wisdom, we, we've talked about this last Sunday and I've mentioned it so many times, we need to remember the commandments. We need to remember the teachings of God's word in order, we need to keep them deep in our hearts. We need to keep them rooted there so that we are able to live life in a godly way. So I just want to remind you this morning, that we need to continually be fed by God's word. If we are to be faithful to God's promises, we are needing to read them. We need to feed them to ourselves. We need to remind ourselves of those things because if we don't, we won't be able to stand by God. It'll be easy to be tossed to and fro by the wind. It'll be easy to believe in things that are not truth. It'll be easy for the culture to kind of sink into our hearts and control our lives. So we need the Word of God often. We need to read it. We need to memorize it. We need to meditate on it. And we need to come together as a body of Christ and hear it. Hear it be preached, taught, and sit around it together, studying it. We need the Word of God. We need to be fed by it. Because he says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. It's part of wisdom of following God is to keep his commandments by not forgetting the teaching that we've been given. It says there in verse 2, for length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Often that passage is used as a way to say that if you follow God, if you read the word, then God will give you all these blessings and all these things. We know that's not fully true as we read the rest of scripture. We know, though, that if we read God's word, if we meditate on it, if we have it rooted in our lives, we will have more peace, we will have more joy. And even when the tough times come like we're going through right now, We can be sustained by his grace and by his word and so yes the bible does teach us sometimes that if we do follow the lord there's going to be good things that come from that but it's not always guaranteed that's going to be the life that we're expecting the way with everything we want it to be but we know that god gives us peace and joy and sustaining grace in hard times because of our reading of his word and keeping it rooted in our hearts i think that it this these first two verses kind of go back to deuteronomy chapter 6 you know, Deuteronomy chapter 6, there, he's laying out to, Moses is laying it out to the people that the, especially parents in the home, they need to continue to keep the word in front of their families. It's the binding on their hearts. It's, it's keeping it there. It's, it's teaching them while you're walking, as you're in your house, wherever you are, you're teaching the word of God. And so I want to encourage you as parents, as grandparents, keep feeding the word to your children, to your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Let us see the type of legacy that we saw yesterday in the Cernak family. Four generations at least, beyond that probably, generations of the word of God, people that are following Christ, because the word of God has been fed over and over and over again. That's what we need. We need to continue to remember God's teaching. We need to continue to feed on that. Often the culture that we live in today teaches us to Follow our emotions, our own emotions, teach ourselves, base our life off of our own abilities and what we can do. But this reminds us today that we need to follow the teachings of God, his commandments. And that will give us peace and joy and and an abundant life if we do that. Looking at verse 3, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Again, here's Deuteronomy chapter 6, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So, you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So, we've got to continue to remind ourselves of the things of the Word of God. We need steadfast love and faithfulness of the Lord reminders. We need to be reminded so often that He is those things. I've had to keep reminding myself of those things over the last two weeks, over and over again. That you are a, a God that has steadfast love and faithfulness. I don't really feel it right now. I don't understand what's going on. But Lord, I know that you have steadfast love and faithfulness. It's easy for us to run away from God's word when we're hurting. Or when, even sometimes when we're, things are going really well, it's easy for us to say, well, look what I've done. This is me. I don't need this. But the Bible keeps reminding us that his steadfast love and faithfulness is what we are turning to in every moment of our life. So wherever you are today, however you're feeling, you need to be reminded that God has steadfast love and faithfulness for you. And we need to keep reminding ourselves and feeding us with his word over and over and over again. By reading the Bible more, we get to to know God more. That's the goal. Our goal of reading scripture is to know God more so we can worship him and to live for him more. We need this. By knowing God more... I pray we will learn to faithfully live for him because, again, our faith is not just words. Our faith is action. We need to put it into action. We need to feed on the word and feed others in our family and church, like I mentioned before. We need to be faithful to God and his promises because of what he's done for us. He's offered us the greatest gift that we could ever be given, which is grace and salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we understand this morning that God is faithful to us, and we need to be faithful to continue to keep his word in front of us. So now I'd like us to turn to thinking about why God's promises and understanding are worthy of putting our dependence and reliance on. Why why is his his understanding better and should be the thing we put stand on, his his thinking? So I just mentioned a, a moment ago, there's lots, of, there's lots of cultural phrases we hear, right? Maybe, maybe you watch a bunch of Disney movies and it talks about how you should follow your heart. Or um, I've talked, showed videos with our students where there's like commercials talking about you, just, you, you do you. You do what you want to do. Be what you want to be. We've often seen in our culture today a, a real emphasis, an overabundance on the idea of self-care. Where it's all about you just got to take care of yourself. Don't, don't sacrifice. Don't do anything. Just worry about you. There's a very strong push in our culture for a me mentality and having control over your heart desires, what you decide to do, and how you treat others. We live in a culture that's all about me. And that seeps into where we put our trust in for our understanding, for how to live, and the things we do, and the people we spend time with, all the things of our life. It seeps into our understanding becoming king of our lives. It becomes our main authority. So I want us to see this morning that we need to set aside our understanding of things and because his understanding is best. So if you'd follow along with me there, starting in verse 5. Verses 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. This passage is probably pretty familiar to many of you. Many of you probably could even have said it while I was reading it. Memorize this passage. Um, it's kind of part of this, the, this theme of this part of Proverbs about submitting to the Lord. There's this idea in the first nine chapters of, of the idea of what does it look like to have wisdom in walking a godly life. It's submitting to the Lord, Lordship of, of God. I also think of Proverbs chapter one verse seven, which is a very also never popular verse and a very part of the theme of this, which is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Right? The fear of the Lord—that's what we were called to do. We're supposed to submit ourselves to Him, but also to His understanding. Because it says here, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. What is it I mentioned before? What does Disney say? Follow your heart. This says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's going to be so easy for you to want to trust in your own self right now. And during times of suffering, um, but even in good times, it'll be easy for us to just really put our trust in ourselves. But the Bible calls us to trusting in Him first. He is our first priority. We must give our hearts to Him. Which means that sometimes we have to sacrifice. We have to give up some things we would want, things we want to do, people we're spending time with. We have to sacrifice things in order to make it about Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Again, second part uh, 5b says, and do not lean on your own understanding. I just have to be honest to you, within my own heart, there are times where I am very tempted to want to just lean on my own understanding. Even when I'm preparing messages to speak with the youth or here on a Sunday morning or um, just anything that I'm doing in my life, parenting, a lot of it sometimes I try to lean on my own understanding because that's where my sinful heart directs me. Our hearts are sinful, our emotions are often not trustworthy, we are often very selfish. The world tells us to follow our own desires and, heart, and our own hearts, but that's only going to ever give us temporary joy or relief. What we need is to submit to the understanding of the Lord. His understanding is better than ours. Often during these last two weeks, that's the only way I've been able to really understand anything is understanding that His God's understanding is better than mine. I. Cannot say anything else besides that like I don't I, I cannot give answers to hard questions that we've been asking the last two weeks But I know that I can direct you to the person whose understanding is way better than mine Which is god's his understanding is way above ours So I ask you this morning You need to trust in the lord with all your heart, but you also need to submit your understanding to the lord Submit your deep desires within your sinful heart to want to do to make it about you to make your life about you, make your suffering about you, make everything about you. Direct your and submit yourself to the Lord's understanding. Some of you may have really hard decisions coming up in your life. In ve- different seasons of life, you have different big decisions you need to make about college, where I'm going to go to school. Maybe it's about the, where I'm going to live or what t- career I'm going to go to or a change of job or a retirement. So those type of hard decisions. And I would offer you that so often in my own heart, I'm directed in those hard decisions to sometimes to ask other people and and to try to think myself what would be best for me, what I want to do. But I offer you that we must submit our understanding to the Lord. His ways and his understanding are are far better. Because remember, we have a very narrow view of what's going on. God has the view of everything, of all time. He is sovereign and control over all things. He see things way better and clearer than we could ever do. So trust in the Lord, submit your own understanding, and then reading along there in verse six, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. He will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So we are to acknowledge God in all things. This is the idea of pursuing the Lord. We are in pursuit of our relationship. The Lord has pursued us and brought us into a relationship with him. He desires for us to continue to pursue that relationship. So I ask you this morning, how are you engaging in your pursuit of the Lord right now? Are you spending time with the Lord regularly? Are you are you um, praying and reading scripture meeting regularly with other believers are you doing the things that help you to acknowledge the lord and again i just mentioned all those hard decisions we may make in life are you acknowledging the lord in those things are you allowing the lord to be the one that's directing your steps and your paths as you live this life because that's what he desires for us to do this is about knowing god deeply remember the first four verses We're all about remembering the teachings and the commandments. So we are to know God deeply so that we can have fellowship with him and so we can live an act of faith. It just seems like a formula, but it's so hard for us because of our sinful hearts. We don't want to trust the Lord often. We don't want to submit our understanding. We don't want to acknowledge him in all of our things. But that's what scripture calls us to this morning. So wherever you are in your life, Follow verse 7. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Stop living the sinful life. Stop ignoring the Lord and direct your paths by what he is calling you to do. It might be a really hard decision that you have to make. You may have to turn from what you've already been doing. But I'm calling you to fear the Lord, turn away from evil, and stop being wise in your own eyes. Acknowledge God in all things. I think of um, what does the Lord direct us to in these passages for that happening. Remember, because he says in verse 6, what's the result of, of doing all three of those things? Trusting in the Lord, um, do, acknowledging him in all things, and not leaning on your own understanding, submitting those things. So what are the results of that? What does it say in verse 6? And he will make your path straight. That's, that's the result. That's the reward of that. Now, it doesn't guarantee, right? We're, we know, it does not guarantee that we are going to have this great, comfortable life that we desire, right? Things are going to happen. Life is rough. We have tragedies. We have lost jobs. We have uh, just hard times in our lives. So it, it, it does not promise us that. But it does promise us, in a morally speaking way, the way that any of us live If we're living in a God-honoring way, he will direct our paths. So even if we're going through tragedy, even if we're going through struggle, he will walk through that with us. He will keep us on the path. He'll keep us hoping. He'll keep us loving him and caring and having a good relationship with him. There are so many ways that the world and sin and this life will try to direct us off the path. But the Lord keeps directing us back. We got to stay close to him. We got to love him. We got to have that relationship because it will allow us to stay with him. There's so much richness in these challenges that the author from Proverbs, if it's Solomon or one of the other authors, provides for us in in about Christian living. Let us choose this morning to have our healing in our flesh and refreshment in our bones because we choose the Lord's way and not our way. These last two weeks, I haven't wanted to do that so many times. I've wrestled, I've fought, I don't want to do this, Lord. I want to try to do this on my own. I think I can make this better for myself, but I cannot. I need the Lord. We mentioned that last week. We said it out loud together. We need the Lord. And so I offer you this morning to trust in the Lord, lean on his understanding, submit to it, and acknowledge his ways. That's how, we can tr- that's how we can really trust in the Lord's understanding. Would you mind putting that quote up there for me, please? So this is a quote from Chuck Swindoll. Many of you know him. Um, Chuck Swindoll wrote this quote, and I think this will help us to think about ch- leaning on the Lord's understanding. We must cease striving and trust God to provide what he thinks is best, and in whatever time he chooses to make it available. But this kind of trusting does not come naturally. It is a spiritual crisis of the will in which we must choose to exercise faith. What a powerful reminder this morning of the fact that we must put our faith and trust in the Lord. We must lay ourselves down to him. It's not going to be easy. We are flawed, we're sinful, and we like our freedom. We like to be able to do things for ourselves. We like the me mentality because of our sinful natures. But we need to realize that we can find the greatest freedom in trusting in the Lord's understanding. That is where the greatest freedom can be found, is making him Lord of our lives. His understanding is perfect and his way is above ours. That needs to be our hope in all of our lives. So after looking at that passage, I'd like you to follow along with me for the, the last few verses of this section this morning. We're going to be in Proverbs. We'll be in three, uh, chapter three, verse nine. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as the father the son. In whom he delights." So you see here two things that help us to understand the idea of being distinct as Christians. Two ways that the the author of this proverb wants us to see that we can be distinct from the culture. There's a lot of ways I think that we could look at where I've seen people and that have really shown themselves to stand out in the culture. We, we have on opposite extremes, obviously, honestly, sometimes we see people that don't want to be distinct from the culture at all. They want to just follow whatever the, the prevailing winds of the culture is going on, the church will just stand right with it. Or you have the opposite extreme where the church tends to kind of become like a hermit and just kind of stay away from the culture and completely ignore it and just do their own thing over here. The Lord desires for us to engage the culture. But in a way that's loving and caring and bringing the gospel before people. I think of the ministry that our student ministry is a, a part of supporting, the Empower Life Center, which is part of the Peoria Rescue Mission, and I, I love the way that they are so distinct in the culture as a ministry that every single person that walks into the door of that center hears the gospel. So when they come in for a pregnancy test or ultrasound or just needing counseling, those type of things. Every person is taken in a room, and, and the person just t- asks questions and shares the gospel with them. They love on the people that come in there, and they're they're, a, they're all about the holistic family unit. They work with fathers, they work with children, they they work with the mothers. The families together. And I just think of of how much that we need to strive as Christians, if we are going to be faithful to God's promises, if we are going to really show people that we trust in the Lord's understanding, we need to show ourselves as being distinct in the culture. And we need to do it in a way where people are attracted to the gospel. And he offers us two ways of doing that this morning here in this proverb. First, honor the Lord with your wealth. So it's the idea of the, the, the humble honor. Because the Lord has blessed us with in this country especially, in this room, with with wealth. And we have have stuff. We have uh, houses and cars and money and the things that we need. The Lord gives everybody in the way that he desires to give to us. What he desires from us is the way that we use that. So I want you to think this morning about the ways that you use what God has given you. And it's not even just money. It's not even just stuff. I'm talking about your abilities, your time, How are you using those things? Because God has given us and blessed us with all of those things. And so God desires for us to be humble in the way that we use the honor that he has bestowed upon us. He's given us blessings all kinds of different ways. We are not to be selfish with our possessions, the people in our life, and our abilities. It's the idea of open hands. Everything that we have been given is we, is we use with open, with open arms and open hands. Everything that God has ever given us is not our own. It is the Lord's that he has given us and has blessed us with. So we need to have open arms and hands with everything that we own, everything that we have, people in our lives, everything, everything with open arms and open hands. There's no guarantee that we will always have what we have now, there's, this is no verse teaching us a prosperity gospel because it says that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. It's the idea that if we honor the Lord with what he's given us, he will honor us in different ways. So we need to have a heart this morning for using all that the Lord has given us for his glory and to serve others. One of the ways that I've seen this in action I've had several, several of my friends that have larger families that one of the things that they have done is instead of taking a large family vacation during the summer, they have chosen to go on a mission trip together as a family instead. They go overseas and serve and, and do those type of things. I'm not, against, I'm not saying this morning you can't take a, a vacation. I mean, we're taking one in a few weeks. What I'm saying is it's the attitude and the heart behind what we're doing with the stuff that God has given us. We need to look for ways to be distinct from the world in the way that we use the wealth that God has given us. The wealth of ability and money and people and other things that he's given us. So that's kind of the first way that he mentions there that we can do that. Ooh, the other one's a little harder to deal with. It's the idea of discipline, the idea of being reproved. It says in verse 11, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father the Son in whom he delights." This one is a little harder for us to swallow, the idea that we are going to face as Christians sometimes the discipline of the Lord. We might not always know exactly why or what's happening, but we often face the discipline of the Lord. And we can't stand up here and say that we don't deserve it. We are sinful people, we've been shown a lot of grace, and the Lord often wants us to face discipline and reproof in our lives so that we were. We will grow closer to Him so that we will understand that we are on a path that's leading us to destruction or problems in our life. So, I want you to see here that even as new creations in Christ, we have sin natures. We still fall, we still struggle, we still sin. So, God uses criticism and rebuke from other Christians. Sometimes we get direct reproof and discipline from the Lord. Sometimes he takes us through times of pain and suffering to draw our eyes to full trust and reliance on him. We don't like it. It's not easy, but we need it. We need that. It's like a child. A child in our homes, we, we, they need discipline and, and reproof sometimes in order to help them to make better choices next time. But more so, I think it's in, our, in a Christian home, it's to help them to learn grace of the Lord and also the need to be obedient. So we need this. I mentioned in the first four verses that it talks a lot about how we need to read read God's word, bind it on our neck, reference to Deuteronomy 6. Sometimes we read the Bible and it gives us reproof and discipline. Because we read something and realize, wow, I am doing that sin or I'm not doing what God's calling me to do here. And so sometimes God's word is a reproof and discipline to us. And it could be easy for us to just kind of set that aside. I don't, I don't need to worry about that. But when we come to God's word, when we hear somebody in, in our church that gives us a, a criticism or rebuke for something, or we know that you know, God is telling us or there's discipline for something, we need to receive it with grace, and we need to receive it well. doesn't mean that sometimes people have, there's miscommunications and things happen, and it's not always right, but I'm saying we really need to receive discipline and reproof the way that is distinct from the world. Because the world would say, you can't tell me to stop doing that. You don't tell me to do that. Mind your business, get out of my business. But the Bible says in verse 12, for the Lord reproves whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. That it's actually really good for ourselves, for our souls that we receive discipline and reproof in this life. We need that. It's part of the Christian life. It's part of being a, a distinct Christian is instead of rejecting those things and getting angry, we receive them and we change and we see them as something that God wants to teach us and wants us to grow and grow closer to him. So I want you to see this morning that we are called to be different from the world. And two ways that we can do that, according to the author of this proverb here, is to humble ourselves with what God has given us and also receive, accept reproof and discipline in a way that brings honor to the Lord. I pray this morning that wherever you are with the Lord, because one of the things that I, I just want to mention, I, I think this is important. I just really feel like the Lord's leading me to say this this morning. Is I, I when we talk about the idea of trusting in the Lord's understanding, it starts all the way at the beginning that we must trust in the Lord for our salvation. So that if you are here this morning and you have never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to remind you that we must receive him. He is the only way to salvation. Jesus' death, his resurrection, his life on this earth, he has given us the only straight path to God. He's the only way. And so if you're here this morning and you have not received Jesus Lord and Savior, I'd ask you to talk to your, if you're young, to talk to your parents. Or if you're here today, please talk to myself or Pastor Aaron, one of the elders. We would love to be able to share with you about what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Because it has to start there. If we don't have a relationship with Jesus, we can't, ha- we can't put our understanding in God. And so I offer you that this morning as a reminder that we need Jesus We need his gospel message because that's how we lean on his understanding. So wherever you're at this morning in your walk with God, I want to offer you the reminder that we are called to trust in the Lord. We are called to lean on his understanding above ours. No matter what our sinful hearts want us to do, whatever the culture is pushing us to do, we set all of that aside. And we remind ourselves this morning that we need the Lord and his understanding is above ours. So I pray that each of you will choose to lean on the Lord's understanding and not your own as we go forward from here. That we will trust in the Lord's understanding. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for an opportunity to to gather as brothers and sisters in Christ today. It has been so healing to my own heart, Lord, to be together with brothers and sisters in Christ in my church body that I love being a part of. And thank you so much, Lord, that this church is serious about standing on your understanding and not our own. And Lord, I pray that we will never lose that as Eureka Bible Church, that we will always stand on your word, that we will always trust in your understanding above ours. And that we will always be directed to be distinct from the world in a way that people are attracted to your gospel message. Help us to use the wealth of many ways that you have given us. Help us to receive your rebuke and your criticism from other people, from your word, from you directly. Help us to receive it in a way that brings glory to you. Lord, I am thankful for this church family. I love the people of this church, and I pray that you will continue to strengthen us during these hard days ahead. Lord, I again pray for the Cernic and Zier and extended families, some of them traveling home today. Still heavy hearts, Lord, long process ahead for them. And I pray, Lord, that they will learn even more in a deeper way to have faith in you and trust in your understanding. Lord, I don't have answers to questions that are in my own heart and, and those that have been thinking through these last two weeks, but I know, Lord, that I direct myself and, and others just to you. That's all we can do to your word and to, and to prayer and, to, and just meeting and, and engaging with you. Lord, I just pray that you will continue to have our church stand on you as our foundation. Allow your word to speak to our hearts in the weeks and months and years ahead. And Lord, I pray that you will keep our church unified, standing on your word and being together as a church that people see our unity and are attracted to your gospel message because of our unity together. Lord, we're so grateful for the many things that you have taught us. Lord, I I have felt your presence and your grace in a deeper manner these past two weeks than ever before in my life, and I thank you for that. Lord, we desire for you to come back, but we want you to come back in your timing, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you will continue to help us to live lives that are looking towards when you will return. Lord, as we sing songs of worship this morning in response, Lord, I pray we will think upon the words we are singing and that we will worship you in a way that shows that we are leaning on your understanding this morning. Thank you for speaking through your word. And I pray, Lord, that we will continue to lean on your understanding in the days ahead. We pray all this in your great and gracious name. Amen.